have to cut everyone off here, but uh, for Ryan Gaslov and Steve Cook, I'm Mike Lewandowski. We'll leave you with a good night and a go You are blue. listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of University of Michigan Student Radio. Moss knocked over to Tambellini, winds up and he scores! Just Tambellini lets a laser go from the near side circle, and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Tambellini. Hi, this is Maggie Estep, and I'm doing a legal station ID. I'm not sure what's legal about it, but so here it goes. You're listening to um, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, legally. I'm not a normal girl. I'm an angry, sweaty girl, so bite me. Oh, but I think that's supposed to be a good specialty, so I should be happy, right? I should count my blessings. Anyway, the point of all this is you're listening to WCVN, okay? Okay. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. She's not an angry girl. She's a sweaty, angry Newt Gingrich girl. <laughs> uh, just kidding there. <laughs> Oh, yes, but Newt's been in the news all week. He can't stay out of the news. Well, it reminded of the character in uh, Fish Called Wanda. Remember Kevin Klein's uh, ex-CIA agent who's always oh, yeah. sniffing his own armpit to get a good charge of energy, a right, jolt right. of manliness? <laughs> yes. I suspect that Newt might be a... An Irish sp- spring kind of guy? <laughs> well, I think Newt enjoys the aroma and the savor of a good sweaty Newt. And uh, the Detroit Free Press's uh, political cartoonist had an amusing uh, reference to the uh, so-called open marriage that Newt wanted with Mm -hmm. uh, his second wife. And uh, I forget the name. Mike Thompson, I think, is the guy's name. The Free Press's cartoonist uh, has a picture of Newt in bed with himself. Ah, yes. uh, Both with big happy smiles on their faces. Satisfied at last. Satisfied at last. Yeah, it was an impressive week. But far from over. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing that was striking to me about it, I've started following politics sort of on a daily basis back in 1972, Uh, which reminds me, this is the 40th anniversary of WCBN. Indeed, this very day. 
This very day. Yeah, wow. that's what they said. This I knew morning. it was late was January. It? Sue Dice this morning said that uh, January twenty third, nineteen seventy two, ten watt station uh, on campus fired up campus broadcasting network went from being a over the airwaves radio a carrier it? current yeah. uh, which is right. just where it runs through the wiring uh, yeah. you know the electrical outlets that you plug into in uh, the university dormitories in fact the earlier history of broadcasting on U of M campus goes back to students such as Fred Remley uh, one of the great grandfathers of uh, student radio here in Ann Arbor who began broadcasting, he and his buddies, from their dorm room in East Quad. Mm -hmm. And then in 1972, the station became a carrier current, uh, uh, became a broadcast station yeah. with 10, uh, 10 kilowatts. And we'll, of course, uh, talk more and more about that as the year goes on, as we celebrate the 40th anniversary. How ironic that uh, wiring, <laughs> which proved to be so interesting an event in the Watergate, uh, Caper, which uh, our 40th anniversary of that's coming up, and we were there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Tricky Dick, of course, had an alibi. Uh, so we'll talk plenty about Tricky Dick. But uh, I'll, in fact, I'll mention Tricky Dick in talking about Newt Gingrich. Well, yeah, you were talking about following politics following on a daily basis. Politics on a daily which basis. Which most Americans, of course, do not. The key there was, by the way, my civics teacher back in uh, the eighth grade, uh, Eugene Brundage. Um, sort of required that we read the newspaper on a daily basis. He used to give one of those kind of uh, paper chase type, uh, you know, he'd point in the back and ask somebody what uh, was on the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> so you had to be prepared. That's but anyway, right. uh, I, I appreciated the uh, significance of following the news on a daily basis because you, you really have to to keep the big picture and... Uh, perspective sometimes and over my lifetime i would say that the uh, biggest demagogues in politics that i have seen on tv and know something about were clearly lyndon johnson richard nixon ronald reagan and uh, george w bush and newt gingrich is in this tradition uh, this was one of the most masterful weekly performances of demagoguery uh, in american history i don't think the media has focused on this quite enough in their post-election analysis, which uh, I can only say is outright poor. Uh, there are myths galore accompanying the analysis of what happened in South Carolina, including the idea that Mitt Romney somehow lost a lead. He never had a lead. Well, he might have been one or two polls, but Newt Gingrich was ahead in South Carolina for most of the last month. That's what the facts are. There's even a New York Times article that's got the the headline wrong. It says Romney's lead slips away. Then it says in the Clemson University Palmetto poll, 32% support Newt Gingrich, former House Speaker, 26% back Mitt Romney. <laughs> well, that's just one example. Uh, Newt Gingrich, <clears throat> and you have to, I, I think you have to go back to Joe McCarthy in uh, February of 1950 when he uh, gave the famous speech in Wheeling, West Virginia about the 205 communists that he had names of while he waved the paper around. Uh, the names, of course, never existed. Uh, Joe McCarthy never even caught one communist. Uh, might have fingered a few fellow travelers and State Department officials that uh, uh, didn't have the uh, John Birch view of uh, what was going on in China back then. 
But Gingrich played every card in the book this past week. Uh, he played so many cards, I don't know if he's got any left. He played the race card, the class card, the uh, media card, the Wall Street card. The, the true Christian card. The, the, the regional card, yeah. The, and, and it even, of course, reached the point where the, the sex card got thrown in there. And who knew that Newt Gingrich was an aspiring Mormon? <laughs> Uh, of course, some of the events broke his way. Uh, Huntsman's endorsement of J Mitt Romney was uh, impressive for the fact that probably 38 South Carolina voters went over to Mitt's side. <laughs> but that didn't do Romney much good. Uh, Huntsman was uh, in the low. <laughs> what do you make of Perry's endorsement of Gingrich? Is, well, that, that... is that a genuine endorsement or is that a sort of a bitch slap to Romney. Well, the interesting thing about that is there's been a long rivalry uh, between Romney and Perry mm -hmm. uh, that both the Wall Street Journal and New York Times detailed uh, in depth when Rick Perry was briefly atop the... Uh, yes, the man on the white horse. But he fell off that white horse so quickly, and we were joking last week that his uh, boots were too tight and his hat too big. I dare say that his hat now is down near his boots, uh, hiding the fact that he doesn't have a belt on. Um, but he should probably take a few belts. Uh, his performance in the debate last Monday was uh, remarkable. He actually accused the government of Turkey of being a terrorist operation. Well... <laughs> That's absurd on the face yeah. of it, but uh, it's maybe the only military bulwark that the United States can even come close to calling an ally, not counting Israel, of course, which is as much a liability as an ally in the region, but uh, Turkey? Yeah, remarkable. I mean, it, it demonstrates that Rick Perry um, did virtually no homework to run for president. I think he was looking at polls sometime in the summer this past year. Uh, it's fascinating to do an autopsy on his uh, demise because it was uh, maybe the most impressive collapse in American history. It was history spectacular. Of a political candidate. This guy had money. Um, some people call him handsome. <laughs> well, he certainly knew how to push a few buttons, too, yeah. as, as far as appealing to uh, certain demographics. His uh, uh, affiliation with uh, an evangelical, fundamentalist, uh, extreme right-wing religious movement yeah and he ca and he catapulted his candidacy oddly enough with that bizarre prayer uh, mm -hmm. operation in the houston astrodome uh, thirty thousand people showed up to that by the way i don't know if he got thirty thousand votes carl rove in a wall street journal editorial noted that in iowa rick perry spent four hundred and thirty dollars per vote <laughs> he could have just handed out the money <laughs> <laughs> that would have stimulated the economy a lot better than uh, paying the media uh, <laughs> companies money for television advertising. Uh, so we can talk about Perry at a later date. But yeah, his bizarre withdrawal from the race um, on the eve of the South Carolina primary, I thought was so strange. It was obvious that he was going to finish last. Right. And he couldn't handle that. Um, so he's uh, waddling back to... Uh, Austin, Texas, with the the hat down there in the boats. 
and wondering. A trouble-free state where all is well and everyone's happy. Well, it's interesting, too, that when Newt Gingrich has been throwing around the food stamp uh, uh, comment uh, comments now for well over a month, uh, they're obviously... Yeah, what does that even mean to, ignoramus. to call yeah. Obama a food stamp president? Well, I understand the pitch that he's making to, again... That demographic, the sure. sort of uh, ignorant racist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Food stamps for black people. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, what does it really mean well, to it, say that? And it shows such com complete ignorance of the food stamp program. <laughs> exactly. Um, among other things. Among other things, but you know, he was throwing that around in Iowa uh, to no avail, because uh, unfortunately, in Iowa, almost all the people on sp uh, food stamps are white. <laughs> Uh, but he's uh, associated this with uh, the race card that he played repeatedly. Uh, getting back to Perry real quickly on the precise uh, boneheaded comment that he made about Turkey, uh, just to demonstrate. Uh, I've always uh, noted, by the way, that uh, we've had th three presidents from Texas. Uh, they've had us in wars uh, every single year of their presidencies, except for the uh, five months following the JFK assassination in 1963. Very impressive record um, of uh, mayhem, uh, budget uh, disasters, and uh, frequently no tax increases to pay for these uh, mm. moronic operations. But on the Turkish th uh, question, because the, the Turkish government had to, quote, rebuke Governor Perry on Tuesday for describing its leaders as Islamic terrorists, an inaccurate characterization he made during Monday night's debate asked whether Turkey, a predominantly Muslim democracy of nearly 79 million people and an American ally in the region, belonged in NATO. Perry, below, there's a picture of him, obviously, he said, uh, you have a country that's being ruled by what many would perceive to be Islamic terrorists, adding that he would... Um, I got the date on this next word. I like to to carry the step f uh, further and cut off all foreign aid to the country. <clears throat> mm, that is just impressive stupidity. Uh, monumental, well, colossal. Uh, possibly he confused Turkey with Pakistan. Of yeah. course, Pakistan's not run by Islamic fundamentalists. It's run by an elected. You know, politician, uh, and recently th that's the first elections they've had since the military dictatorship. But, of course, the military runs Pakistan, and nobody really knows the connections between the military and the intelligence services and fundamentalism. Uh, but that, that's inexcusable to have that big of an error to mistake Turkey for Pakistan. Yeah. They, they could, I mean, they have so little in common that... Uh, it boggles the mind. Um, I mean, this is like uh, Jesse Helms, uh, you know, talking about Kim Jong the Third mm. instead of Kim Jong Il. Yeah, Jesse Helms was an old geezer who probably was uh, half coherent. Rick Perry is a guy in in his prime years as a politician, and he can't keep basic facts straight. It's pretty uh, staggering. Staggering, and. Uh impressive in how ignorant it just shows of what's been going on in the last year because Turkey has been instrumental in the um, behind-the-scenes negotiations regarding what's going on in, in the Arab Spring, so to speak. Yep. Um, they uh, function as a very important uh, regional ally uh, in the Iraq situation. Um, 
And, of course, if Pakistan were in NATO, which uh, wouldn't surprise me, that's the eventual goal of NATO. <laughs> right. The Soviets couldn't take over the world, but we can. Um, just another example, by the way, of uh, this this myth that somehow Romney uh, had a lead in uh, in um, South Carolina is the uh, January 5th, that's uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago, edition of the Wall Street Journal. So the most recent public opinion poll released in a December 19th um, Clemson University poll found 38% of voters backed Gingrich, 21% backed Romney, and 10% Ron Paul. That's a kind of roughly where the numbers ended up, by the way. Well, that's a fairly accurate reflection of the final numbers. Um, so I think there's a, a complete myth that Romney had some lead that he lost in South Carolina. He didn't, he didn't lose a lead. Uh, the lead. The voter constituency group in South Carolina uh, worked to Newt Gingrich's advantage. Surprising to find out that um, almost two-thirds of them are evangelical Christians, even higher than Iowa. Um, so when Perry dropped out of the race endorsing Newt, and yeah. <laughs> Newt was able to use the uh, the wife-sharing uh, uh, operation to his advantage, <laughs> the most remarkable thing in American politics, uh, uh, well, one of them, um, one Newt- A chicken in every pot and extra wives for those who are interested. He got the moron vote and the Mormon vote all in the same day. <laughs> the true, the true Mormons, I guess, are the the original Mormons. They've they've modified their their, <laughs> their theology, so to speak. <laughs> uh, um, uh, just uh, it, yeah, very interesting stuff. Well, you wonder to what extent the Romney had a lead story is sort of manufactured by the media to sort of do something to um, reinvigorate his campaign in some way to sort of stretch this thing out because, yeah. uh, you know, all they want to do is cover superficialities and jump from state to state. You know, it's you now nine more days, ten more days. Well, uh, they don't want the money to dry up. See if, if and Rom- the money train, right. If, if Romney had wrapped it up in South Carolina because Carl Rove in the editorial, that he, which I didn't bring in, I regret that at the moment because... Uh, he did have a couple of interesting observations. Karl Rove is a very interesting commentator about Republican politics. Um, he's a despicable human being who, uh, uh, you know, he's up there with uh, some of the other demagogues, but he's a political operative behind the scenes. You know, he's the uh, the man behind the curtain that you don't really want to know what he's doing back there. But in that uh, uh, poll, he you know, this is after it was proclaimed, by the way, that... Uh, Romney had won Iowa. Fascinating that on Thursday they reveal, out of nowhere, oh, we found 35 votes that show that Santorum won right. Iowa. Fascinating how it revived the campaign suddenly and allowed Rick Santorum, uh, who did surprisingly poorly in South Carolina, in my opinion, given the demographics there, mm. uh, for him to proclaim that he too had been a winner of a, of a, of a primary. Um Remarkable how that came out of nowhere uh, and, and why it was announced, because I think at this point what we can say about Iowa is, is essentially a tie and that uh, doing a recount of the Iowa caucuses and how they precisely work, that would be like trying to figure out how Kabuki theater works. 
uh, you know, without any knowledge of Japanese. I, I don't, I still don't understand exactly how the Iowa caucuses work at the end of the day. They don't actually even select delegates. They have a kind of a, a beauty contest. And, uh, oh, just one more example of the myth that Romney has this big lead. Th these are national polls showing that Newt Gingrich is in the lead. Uh, but this is CNN, public policy. This polling data, by the way, was basically in late November, early December, before Newt Gingrich began um, going on a foot-in-mouth rampage <laughs> that never ce has ceased. Only now he's being given credit for being tough. <laughs> I, I he's mean, kicking himself in the mouth and, and taking it every time. That's real tough. Big fig on a rampage. Once again, I mean, these polls, they're all national polls showing that Newt Gingrich has a lead over Romney. Uh, there's clearly a Romney problem. Romney's got a problem. And the problem is, is that he's not dealing with a guy that wants to fight with the gloves, according to the Marsky's Queensberry rules of boxing. Newt Gingrich is a street brawler. He's an under-the-belt He's a yellow-bellied, blankety-blank. <laughs> and Romney hasn't figured this out. I saw a, a campaign appearance of Romney wearing blue jeans and a flannel shirt. I think he's borrowed that uh, costume from Lamar Alexander, wearing topsiders. <laughs> Trying to look I'm like, like a regular guy. Dude, <laughs> that looks really weird. If you're going to wear the and flannel, phony and phony. If you're going to wear the flannel shirt, put on some work boots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what to tell Mitt Romney. Uh, I, well, he doesn't know how to behave. He doesn't know how to perform. He's one of those guys who on paper has everything. I mean, he even has the so-called good looks, quote unquote, as far as the rugged really handsome type yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. He's got your standard politician hair. He heck, he's even got a chin. Lord knows he has the money, but he has no animating spark. And Newt Gingrich, for all of his despicable and pathetical, uh, pathetic uh, tendencies and behavior, uh, he is, as you say, a, a, a dirty street fighter. And so uh, he's in the scrap, and he's going to cut you. And so yeah. if you're in the scrap with that guy, you're going to have to fight back in such a manner as to animate yourself. You can't just stand there and go, well, hey, he's beating the crap out of me. And I love the headline in today's uh, Financial Times, uh, Gingrich win brings panic to party. Because, of course, the Republican Party doesn't want Newt. No, but uh, see, that's the, the, the party interesting operatives. problem is that, is that there's a huge wing that doesn't want Mitt. Right. So this has become the, the unfolding of possibly... The, the 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 schism, the actual destruction of the Republican Party uh, to some degree, because uh, there are huge anti-Mitt people in this party and huge anti-Newt people. Well, and uh, and this, you know, we're this, talking about a three-way split here ultimately, too, and maybe even with Ron Paul, a four-way split, because he's more the libertarian sort of uh, type of Republican anyway. But isn't three-way, isn't that Newt Gingrich's plan? No, that's right. <laughs> three ways. Three ways. Government supported. I can't that, believe it hasn't come out as a jobs program. <laughs> or everybody gets a chance to sleep with Newt. You have an open marriage with your president. A uh, mistress of 
in every door. That's right. <laughs> Forget uh, about the chicken in every pot. It's a, it's a newt. Uh, oh, boy. But uh, I, I think Santorum's quote here is interesting. Uh, he says that the choice between Romney and Gingrich is, quote, not a choice between a conservative and a moderate. It's a choice between a moderate and an erratic conservative. Close quote. Well, as we've noted for years down here, there's no such thing really anymore as a moderate Republican. And Mitt Romney is probably the closest thing to that legendary creature uh, that exists in this field of candidates. Well, and it was certainly... And conservative certainly yeah. doesn't mean what this batch of conservatives is. They're radicals. Yeah, they're reactionaries. And, and I don't, you know, the media should have kept track of how many times uh, Gingrich has used moderate from Massachusetts. That's, mm. that's you know, it used to be liberal from Massachusetts. That was... Uh, like moderation is a bad thing. The, that was what Dukakis and Kerry were called right. repeatedly over and over by uh, the propaganda that Americans are, are so susceptible to demagoguery. It's 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 remarkable. But uh, one of the more interesting things, because uh, there are fascinating things about Newt that uh, continue to surprise. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so we'll talk more about uh, some of these things in in upcoming shows. But I highly recommend the. Uh, Another recent article in the uh, New York Review of Books called The Republican Nightmare by uh, David Bromwich, in which he goes into uh, sort of a fascinating discussion of the current situation in the Republican Party. Uh, incidentally, by the way, in Iowa, where there were uh, 122,000 people participating in the caucuses that Rick Santorum supposedly won now, uh, where that came from, I have no idea why it was came out as a story on Thursday uh, of last week, uh, remains somewhat of a mystery to me. Uh, Bromwich no notes that they make up 5.4% of the voting eligible population in the state. A very impressive number indeed. Um, I think more people are watching Tweety Bird reruns. <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, but in another fascinating analysis, and I, I, I do want to call attention to the, the real uh, character of Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, uh, the, the, one of the best political novels of the 20th century is All the King's Men. Hmm. Brilliant movie. Um, Broderick mm -hmm. Crawford. <laughs> uh, just imagine Michael Palin in The Life of Brian. Broadwick. <laughs> Crawford. Yes, and uh, his name has popped up uh, in a discussion of Newt Gingrich. An interesting uh, reportage on this by uh, Trip Gabriel uh, in the New York Times. This was in Saturday's edition before the actual voting occurred in South Carolina. It says, uh, then uh, he's talking about Gingrich, began criticizing uh, Bain takeovers that basically take out all the money leaving behind the workers, quote-unquote, by the time he boarded a charter to South Carolina after a bruising fourth-place finish in the New Hampshire primary. Mr. Gingrich seemed to be on a personal mission against uh, Mr. Romney as the embodiment of corrupt Wall Street bankers, um, celebrated among close friends for his ability to recount movies in epic detail. Mr. Gingrich regaled a group on the flight with a scene from the 1949 classic, All the King's Men. In the story, the self-made country lawyer played by Broderick Crawford, also known as Bodwick, 
Quaffin, <laughs> um, who uh, defies the corrupt men in striped pants to run as a populist for governor. Now listen to me, you hicks, he shouts in a speech. They fooled you a thousand times just like they fooled me. But this time I'm going to fool somebody. I'm going to stay in the race. This is Newt Gingrich uh, recounting the, uh, mm-hmm. the movie. I haven't seen the movie in a while. but uh, Well, if Newt had seen it in a while, he'd remember how that guy ends up. Yeah, because it's a, <clears throat> basically a fictional account of Huey Long. Right. No doubt about that. Up to a certain point in his political career, in some ways, very helpful to the average working man, yeah. but so enamored of his own personal power, privilege, and personal agenda, uh, became worse than the corruption that he originally uh, sought to displace. Yeah, and I think that the rest of the childhood uh, rhyme that I believe is actually from Alice in Wonderland, Humpty Dumpty. Oh, right. All the king's horses yeah. and all the king's men. Well, all the king's horses and all the king's men may be unable to put the Republican Party back together again. So, of course, when you see the headline about the panic to the, the party. panic, there is panic. Uh, there's panic in the streets. Ron Paul isn't going to go away. Uh, interestingly, yep. by the way, he's uh, not going to be campaigning in Florida. He's focusing on the caucuses. He's I suspect he'll do very well in Michigan if he's still in the campaign at that point. The Michigan primary is February 28th. Yeah, and of course that's a that's a kind of a gimme state for Romney, you would think. Uh, Newt probably doesn't play well in uh, Kalamazoo. <laughs> Maybe Peoria, but not Kalamazoo. And, and Romney, of course, has got uh, serious uh, Michigan money and some actual party infrastructure mm. uh, uh, in play here in Michigan. And by the way, that precedes uh, Super Tuesday. So the momentum uh, in this... Uh, yeah, March 6th for Super Tuesday. Yeah, and the momentum in this race uh, c- could fluctuate. And it wouldn't surprise me if Gingrich uh, won Florida. He's leading there. <laughs> um, yeah, Florida, Nevada, Maine, Colorado, Minnesota, Arizona... Michigan, Arizona and Michigan on the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington uh, a couple of days later, and then March 6th, Super Tuesday. Now, Florida is a winner-take-all uh, exception because the Republican Party has changed its rules. A yeah. bit. Uh, they are, in theory, doing um, proportional delegate distribution up until the 1st of April. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how long this race uh, lasts. Unfortunately, this... Uh, Three-man race is not uh, Federer, Nadal, and Stojkovic, the uh, famous men's tennis troika. This race between Santorum, Romney, and Gingrich is kind of resembling Larry Moe and Curly Joe, with uh, Ron Paul definitely a shemp. And Newt Gingrich clearly is curly. and uh, Well, I think the Curly Joe one is better because Curly Joe was the later replacement even for Shrimp and was not, I mean, Curly was the the heart of the Stooges. Yeah, let's, he was. Let's face it. And so none of these guys is at Curly level. No. But, uh, hey, Mo. No, no. Why? I think Newt's probably Mo. <laughs> it's going to be a fascinating uh yeah, and and Romney definitely isn't Larry. His hair is too Ken dollish. It's 
glued. Now he's going to have to to shake the sort of you know confused, lost look that yeah. he actually embodies sometimes, and uh, you know this uh, release of his tax. Uh, Status, which uh, he misplayed that issue, right? Uh, that that magnificently, d yeah, disastrously. Yeah. Um, and so there's something. Uh, of course, Obama has a State of the Union speech coming up, and uh, all expectations are that he'll pitch to the middle class. Um, of course, the 